Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Overclock Podcast, the podcast that comes to you in three segments of varying times at this stage. It used to be seven, then it was five, and now we just try and keep it as short as possible. Da-da! <laughs> I'm joined as always by Gavin Dudley, editor of Tech Magazine, Tech Luminary of the <laughs> South African Market. Luminary is another word for old. Oh, right. <laughs> An elder statesman of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, how are you doing? Good, thank you. It's good to be back. Ah, Gavin, oh, so much to go over. But firstly, let me just stop this right here and say I have an issue with our president using an old iPad. Okay, we don't have a problem with our president per se, but our president needs to get an old iPad. I, I mean, I'm how many people do you think would be able to identify the iPad with the fraction of a second glance that you got at it? <laughs> oh, you must be one of like only two people I know. You and Brendan Peterson are the only people who would recognize it on site but as an old model. But there he was, rolling with an outdated iPad Pro. People get older, they want stuff to just work the way it always worked. They don't want to be migrated to the latest and greatest. They just want to go with what works. Who can blame them? But then he was not only using the old iPad to like do his thing. I mean, there's like a, a, a millionaire. A billionaire. Billionaire, And actually, the head yeah. of state. Like, this is the latest thing. Like, core should actually... I still should, should no, but you know how it is. iOS will have changed in bits and pieces. Something will have moved and it made his life more miserable. You know, it's like I, I older want, folks, I want, man. I older want, folks. I want my president to have the latest and greatest. No, no, no. Okay, granted. So and he I, wants the yeah. kids of South Africa to have the latest and greatest as well. Sure. So let me tell sure. you one thing. All right. So my daughter goes to a very, very progressive mm-hmm. primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, they use like a blended learning model. She spends about an hour in a learning lab per day doing like stuff on Chromebooks and all sorts mm-hmm. of education. Mm-hmm. They just dropped one of the programs, Dragon Learn, because it was too easy for the kids. Right. Um, they then that data from that classroom gets moved into the actual maths and English curriculum, and it's like just data-driven. Yeah, I mean the, sort of the education. biggest challenge has been not the devices per se, but in actually adapting the curriculum to properly make use of devices yeah. or re- yeah. leverage the devices. That's been much harder because that involves actually having the teachers having some savvy, which is a whole change management. Process. So, so with this new learning style, they are obviously um, trying to expand this into like a high school curriculum. Yeah, well, yeah. They have been some cities yeah. in South Africa, like Cape Town, they've been quite out of the market, mm. and they've not. Uh, there are no plans to open a high school um, for the foreseeable two, three-year future. Right. Right. And the biggest problem that parents are having right now at the school and taking their kids out left, right, and center. Why? Um, not because we worry about the compatibility of. New age education system versus uh-huh. it's all caps aligned anyway, uh-huh. um, so it's completely compatible. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Normal oh, well, what are these parents? School. What are these um, parents' reservations? Like, oh, they don't do Afrikaans at the school, oh. and every other high school in like Cape Town does Afrikaans. So my kid might be at a, dis- at a disadvantage. So I'm gonna take him out now and talk about Afrikaans. And it's like, dude, the technological advances happening in the classrooms here are like second to none for the price. But um, but you don't think it is gonna be a little <laughs> awkward when your, your daughter gets to grade six and has to start. Africa, Afrikaans at the beginning. No, it's fine. We do like Afrikaans at home. Like, okay. It'll be fine. Kids will adapt. And the, the, the education system is changing now where they, they're dropping the first traditional language. Yeah, so yeah, in it's true. In, yeah, in, in your daughter's lifetime, yeah. we might see that come to an end. Although I'm I'm quite pro-Afrikaans generally. Yes, and yes, pro, pro learning a new language in general, actually. I think learning a new language has got less to do with the language than how it wires your brain, yeah, actually. I'm, I'm so fully, fully pro-Afrikaans. Okay. So I don't believe in taking away languages. 
the school my sons attended um, last year was, I think, one of the very first schools in the country to offer robotics and microelectronics um, to grade eights all the way up to matric. So this is an additional to the traditional IT degree, but one of my sons didn't excel there, which was programming and stuff like that. But then you can now do robotics and electronics, which I think is just superb. I mean, to offer both IT and electronics as two separate subjects to matric is quite extraordinary, I think. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of these promises of like every kid must have a tablet. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Why is a tablet better than a printed book? Why is something that you have to keep safe? Firstly, you've got to probably go home with the thing um, and keep charged. Secondly, and how can you keep a charge if you don't even have electricity at home? Okay, although you can't argue with having it as a repository of information, all your textbooks constantly available, any supplementary reading, plus the internet. You know, I mean, it's hard to argue with having that kind of data available to you, even if it's only on slow school Wi-Fi and it has to work in an offline mode if you take it home or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, having that, and, and you, you can see the problems we had with textbook distribution, not to mention the costs of updating textbooks and all that. If we could have that done at nominal cost, I mean, wouldn't that be a, a big advance? That would be a big advance, but then they obviously going to be bringing in quite cheap devices um, with lower quality screens. And so, I mean, as a parent with both my kids, my kids are quite small, my eldest is seven, both of them have a tablet that they get on weekends. Um, my daughter Venus is the entire Khan Academy kids have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I can see the impact on in Tech Magazine, the, the most recent of which we're busy doing at the moment, is a billion rand factory they've built in the Eastern Cape for an organization called Yakani, yeah. who are building the laptops and tablets for the South African education system. So we don't know the full story yet, but the truth is we might be able to manage the quality and costs by doing it that way. You know, so we, we don't have to choose from the Acer or the Asus or the Apple or anything else. We might be able to custom make something and maintain yeah. something in the South African environment just because the numbers will be big enough in the South African education system. So what did Ramaphosa promise us? He promised us a tablet for every child, 2026. 2026. I mean, that's a full 10 years past where it was probably due. But okay, we'll take what we can get. No, but like out, outside of that, there were other technological advances that he did speak about that are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke, he, I, at one point, I actually thought he was just referencing my stories that I used to do. Uh, uh, well, for all you know, I mean, for all you know, he, he, he just that morning picked up a copy at an airport lounge. For all you know. Because okay. he was talking about um, the SKA project, the Square Kilometer Array. Right. This is probably South Africa's single biggest outstanding IT achievement ever. Yes, Mm. yes. So, like, the the biggest thing there is, and I mean, I went to the site, I did the story, I interviewed a lot of people at the site as well. Um, 
it is a landmark project for space exploration. Yeah, so it's, it's I mean, we've seen extraordinary development on multiple yeah. fronts, supercomputing, many other things. But for those of you who don't know what the Square Kilometer Array project is, it's a whole bunch of radio telescopes, huge satellites, huge dishes yeah. that point to outer space where they try and pick up incredibly, incredibly faint radio signals that help them decipher how the universe was formed. So this is the true meaning of life project, actually. Yeah. Mm. But the, the, there's like other things that like spin off of it. There's a whole ecosystem of innovation that happens around it where the the most efficient or at least the engineers on site have become so good at building amazing yeah. weatherproof boxes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the, the climate is extraordinarily hostile. They're yeah. in the middle of a dry, arid, freezing cold, boiling hot desert. So like these these massive engineering breakthroughs are happening there and they're happening on our shores by our people and a lot of them are like technicians, low skilled workers who are learning all of these things that are going to become vital in the future. Yeah, I mean they, they've invented a sort of a, a, a pocket-sized, well it's not a supercomputer, a pocket-sized computer called the Roach, yeah. which when you connect up in tandem becomes this massive supercomputing, you know, process. They're gathering petabytes of data at an alarming rate out there in the desert. They've got to find a way to store it. So they invented a robot arm that can swap hard drives in and out of the library, and it's extraordinary the stuff they've invented. And this is all happening. So when people come and they still talk smack about our education system, yeah, well, I I just nod my head and say, you know what? There's great things happening in this country. There's a lot of skills, future-facing things um, that are important for human development. And that is a neat segue to end the segment <laughs> and go straight into our how-to. Gavin, yes, everybody needs to learn how to code. Yes or no? Um, it's a tree now. As usual, I've got like a buzzkill answer. Everybody thinks that coding is the future, and the truth is, both my children, who are teenagers now, one of them's actually finished school already, are both doing a lot of coding. And there's this hoo-ha about how coding is the future, mainly because today the world cannot produce coders fast enough to be absorbed yes. into uh, business and industry and so on. The truth is, I think coding is going to be one of the skills that is going to be one of the first things that the machines learn to yes. do for themselves. Definitely. So we will create the machines that will create the code that will create the new machines. So I'm very concerned that we're in a little window of maybe five to eight years where humans coding will be a thing. And shortly after that, I, I was we were in a another podcast and this woman I forget her name right now but she's like one of the forward thinking people mm. who's had a little ride before and she was like coding currently like mm. our idea of coding where yeah. it's like you learn one language and you program a thing to do one little thing yeah um, program a machine to do one little instruction or whatever mm. it's like coal mining yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> and it's also how we think that we control the machines yeah. because we think the machines can't operate without us telling yeah. them what to do yeah. So, so I, I remember, I remember in my younger days, not so much younger because I'm quite old and this didn't happen too long ago. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, where I used to like mod video games. So mm -hmm. there'd, there'd be like, you know, like a, a car racing game will come out, yeah. and certain territories will get certain models. Uh -huh. um, like Europe will get like uh, you mean car models? Yeah, car uh, models. Yeah. Like a like a special Ford Focus or something. Uh -huh. yeah. Then if you bought like the US version, okay. you didn't get that car. <laughs> So then you'd like go search on the internet for the little code <laughs> and you'd go into the registry in the game okay, and, and add that car. And add the car and the car would magically appear. Oh and man. And then okay. like even with, with you PC, hacker you PC versions are modern. Modern, please. Okay. Modern. Uh -huh. Don't, uh -huh. don't lump me in with those people. <laughs> 
And uh, the, the, the biggest skill that I've picked up there, and something that I've been trying to teach my daughter now, and I've been trying to seek out, like these little scratch programs yeah, yeah. that can make cool stuff, um, is just the logical thinking, just opening up that neural pathway to like know how computers work, yeah. how they think. Like for me, that is the most vital skill you can teach anyone. Yeah, I mean, consider how many of us today are alienated from how our car functions. It's like the sealed unit. Whereas we all have relatives, uncles, fathers, grandfathers who could take the entire car apart and put the entire car back together. Yeah. Today, I look at the engine and I go, oh, jeez, okay, I guess the water's <laughs> going in here. Is that the oil over there? Uh, yeah, it was just the hooter or what is this, you know? And that's how many of us now view our cars. And we, we're going to end up as the digital version of that, where the um, the innards of how things work are going to just be a mystery to us. And in that way, we get alienated from you know how things exactly. work and how to push things forward. Yeah. So so there, there's a game, I think it's a Samsung developer, mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. Coco Adventures. Ooh. Yeah, um, uh-huh. it's available on iOS and on Android. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's like you have to get this crocodile, he lands on this island or series of islands. Mm-hmm. You have to get him across to like a different island so you can get Okay. Him. And you have to arrange the panels that he jumps on in a certain way. Right. And then you get like a spring here and like a, okay. a thing that may let him do like two right. jumps. So it's one of these weird machines. Like one you have to make One power yeah. where you can like summon a, 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 tur- a turtle. Yes. And then the sea turtle can only move like. So it's all but like this is great. building this is great. the logic this is great. plot. Great. And, and in fact, I mean, my children who studied IT, that's pretty much what yeah. they studied was yeah. the logic actually. Writing code can much later yeah. understanding the logic of how things work yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same thing with reading like reading is comprehended an important skill yeah um because when you know how to do that yes you can do that in any language you can yes learn. and you learn how to learn yeah. yes 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 quite okay so i mean programming languages there's another question i get asked often and java really is the language that's in the ascendancy now but Again, the fact is it's kind of just yeah it's, it's just kind of expedient you know that java has become this thing there are much better languages in my opinion to learn i've been brushing up my python skills oh my goodness python python's used for a whole lot of things including most ais in cars all done on python and yeah, a lot of ai is done like, on python like, like back in sort of yeah, yeah, it's but, but python is a great simple language to use that's powerful yeah. enough to like, like java is good yeah. because like java was developed by sun microsystems yeah. which was bought by oracle oracle back in 2002 i think probably 12 years ago something like yeah, that at yeah, least yeah, at yeah. least yeah. Mm. yeah so sun microsystems they are also yeah the godfathers yeah they were like the corner <laughs> cornerstone of the internet they developed yeah. the first internet servers and stuff like yeah, that yeah. yeah and and graphics machines and so yes, on yeah yes yes digital movie making back in the day extremely powerful very anyway, so they developed they, they developed java because of the limitations of the then mainframe so they could so there was a, a, a thing called time sharing mm-hmm. where you'd kind of jump on the same server yep. offline uh, yeah like slices then, yeah yeah and then kind of schedule your bit of thing that you need out of the computer yes yeah but then so they could serve they built java so that you could serve an environment a virtual environment where an app will run in so all they have to do is make sure that environment is compatible with the various operating systems that it can possibly yes. connect Yes, it was so like a middleware layer. Yeah. So if you're making applications, you can just make applications for Java. Yeah. And then Java will make it compatible yeah. with everything else. So then yeah. it was light enough to like go onto websites and mm. you could load it on pretty much anything. You could email mm. the Java environment and it could 
I believe so. Yes, yes, yeah. pretty much. So, <laughs> so that's what made Java very versatile. Also, I mean, that's, that's, why, that's why, especially with like the Internet of Things and all these, like the cloud. Yeah, yeah, it was it was quick to build, quick to deploy, yes. reasonably powerful for that. I mean, it's not as powerful as a fully scripted language, but you know. Anyway, the, the point is that just like learning English, Afrikaans, yeah. and then learning French, um, learning one language easily translates into learning others. Once yeah. you understand how programming languages work, yeah. Yeah, but the important thing is to understand how things work. Yes, like absolutely. How they communicate yep, with yep, each yep. other, different logic gates. Like yeah, like looking under the bonnet of the yeah. car, knowing what all the parts do, where the petrol is coming from, where it's going to. Same, yeah. same with programming. And then also uh, staying in touch with technological trends by listening to podcasts like this one. Oh. <laughs> and knowing that like cloud computing, broad-based cloud computing is actually dying out in orbit now and mm. people are moving to the edge. Ooh. So... Okay, that's interesting. That's a subject for a whole podcast of itself. Okay, okay, fine. Cloud computing on the wane, he says. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not on the wane. It's just being distributed now in a, in a broader fashion. So they're trying to move services closer to the user. And especially with um, limited distance data transmission like 5G yes, coming yes. in, it's better to have the processing bits being done kind of on your router. Locally, yeah. okay. Locally, and then important data okay. just being pushed back yeah. into the cloud. Right, okay. That's kind of tricky because originally they were trying to do the processing on the cloud end, on the yeah. cloud server end, you know, AWS and all that. Okay, but again, this is definitely a subject for a whole lot of Yeah, so programming at the moment, like if you want to learn code, rather learn the logic um, part well, yeah, of how, how computing works and how, how programming code that's works that's in general. That's, that's a lot you can even learn that by building web pages and looking at the code of web pages. Yes, it teaches you quite yes, a lot. Yes, yeah. that's, that's very, very interesting. Okay, um, can't we just lighten up a little bit? Can we talk for a minute about the Samsung S10? Since uh, <laughs> Herb, Lindsay, and I are off to the event next week. Next week? Next, yeah, next on, week. on the 20. On yes. The 20, yeah. um, and I have not followed any of the rumor mill at all. It's just, I just get irritated by rumor mill. So, so tell me what we got. Now that we were talking about 5G, Gavin, yes. this is going to be the world's first Wi-Fi 6 phone. So remember, Wi-Fi used to be called like with these arbitrary um, letters. So this will be the first to embrace the brand new Wi-Fi stack. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that is kind of... Of course, that's neither here nor there yeah. because it'll take you two years before you find a router that's running the yes, new Wi-Fi there, there standard. Are, there but are okay. no current commercially available okay. like for that. Um, other things are... Obviously, I it's going to be all screen. It's going to have that whole bunch display. I heard there might be multiple models, one of which will be yes. a Foldy. Yes. Mm. So currently, there's the... The 10e, which mm. is going to be the cheapest, smaller one. May I just reiterate, this is all rumor at this stage, yeah. but it's strong rumor. Come on, let's call it strong rumor. This is the okay. actual conversation we should be having. Okay. Like Samsung has just given up at this okay, point. Okay, trying to conceal anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. we, we, they, they have a pre-order um, yeah. for a portion of their website. Right now, you can go there, and they'll be like, we know you <laughs> know what's coming. And you can pre-order now and get it on like the 8th of March. <laughs> pre-order one of these fictitious models that we all know exists. Yeah. Okay. All right. So tell us about the models. Um, yeah, it's the, the S10e. 
of that they're all running either the Qualcomm Snapdragon 855 in the US or the Exynos. Samsung Homebake Exynos 9820 and they all which all have like built-in neural processing as well. Yes, yes, okay. 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 I think so the base model comes with six gigs of RAM is the rumor now right. and it goes all the way up to like I think we're going to get our first 12. I mean yeah it's, it's going to be a technological powerhouse. Yeah. It's going to feel fantastic. It's going to look fantastic. This is pretty much guaranteed how much technological innovation we would see visibly on the phone i wouldn't call one more camera lens it's like extraordinary it's the processing do you think we're going to get a full a full screen no notch and a pinhole yes for those who don't know you know when they first went to these full screen phones they had to put this notch at the top a little black bar just to put somewhere to put the sensors and the camera in yeah now they think we're going to do away with the notch and the, the, the sensor and camera will be just one little pinhole in the screen at yes. the top yes this so is definitely what we're going to get this irritates me still further because nothing irritates me more than picking up a phone and there's no way to hold the phone without <laughs> setting off something so if the whole phone is a, is a screen there's just no way to hold it your thumb is always touching something setting something so outside of that obviously you will then notice that there's no space to put maybe the iris sensor that they used to have or any way to unlock the phone like from the right so right. what they're doing on the s10e allegedly mm. is moving the fingerprint sensor into the power button on the side yes an old sony trick right yes yeah. mm -hmm. um and then the other models the more premium models are getting ultrasonic thing under display Ooh. fingerprint sensors so ultrasonic right? yes because that means there's not actually a sensor area it's like a whole sensor region really I yeah mean, the, the area will be, be localized to, yeah. to, to one area yeah the, the problem i had with was it mate so mate 20, 20 yeah. was that you you know you can put your finger on the screen but you don't know where the spot is yeah so you kind of just randomly poked your thumb on the screen and sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't so i always felt like the area needed to be bigger so maybe this will grant that yeah but the problem with ultrasonic is ultrasonic is very 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 susceptible to interference mm. so if you have like some grease on your oh. finger or like a little speck of dirt it's okay. gonna throw it off completely well i mean i can't deny i've bought into the face recognition thing mainly yes. because i'm using a three thousand rand phone it's a new brand on the model called uh, on, on the south african market called techno and i've actually had a great experience with this three thousand rand phone and its facial recognition is superb yes it's like it's fast and it's efficient and i mean i captured my face in the worst possible light with the worst possible shadows but it still continues to recognize me every single time so i'm like yay impressed with this you know yeah so i mean increasingly i no longer do fingerprint unlocking yeah okay yeah, I, I, I still prefer fingerprint for speed, but yeah, the convenience mm. of just lifting up your phone and... Yeah, when, it, when working, it works reliably, there's nothing as good as when it works reliably. Yeah, so I mean, those, those, mm. those are the current rumors. Um, pricing is supposed to start at like 13 grand. Okay, that's um, really going up all the way to like 25,000. Uh. I'm not sure about the folding phone yet, yeah. because actually they outed one of the posters um, and 
then the, so so all the marketing up to this point has been like two edges kind of coming together. Mm. Um, but then on okay, the poster, it's just like the phone standing up from other phones oh, next to it. So okay. yeah, that graphic is repeated. It could be multiple models suggested. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not sure about the folding phone. Mm. I'm not stoked about folding phones. I think folding phones are still from yeah, ways. Yeah, your first future. generation stuff uh, worries me. Yeah. But our next episode, we will probably have, we will we'll bring you the hard fact. We'll yeah, be recording from the event, so yes. we'll have the skinny that will be on on Thursday 20th. evening. Yes, we will put that up. On yeah, Thursday. so somewhere if you want to be the first with the news, somewhere around Thursday between nine and ten, I'm guessing, yeah. we will have maybe the first piece of multimedia covering the new Samsung phone. Yes, I hope yes. you'll join us then. Yeah, and that's that's kind of it for now. Um, spoke a lot about things that I'm very passionate about. Yes, no, no, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> warned that podcasts in which you just mouth off with your friends about what's cool won't work we think otherwise we think you're joining us on our little trip and we hope that you will actually give us more grist for our mill by emailing me yes at gavin.dudley at gmail.com and yourself sir um you can find me on social medias most active on twitter i am sharpshooters s-h-a-r-p-s-c-h-u-t-t-e-r-s um, and yeah, you can shout out to me there. You can swear at me sometimes if you want to. A lot of people do. And visit his website where you can get his collected works. Yes, that opinion guy.co.za. Cool. Over and out.